This is Dev Branch, and today we're talking about test-driven development. I'm Jason Tucker. You can find me at Jason Tucker on Twitter. The same name can also be found over on Mastodon. This is a read. She's not here today. I couldn't edit the video before I got this thing done. <laughs> and y'all know who it is. It's your boy Jason Cosper, aka Fat Mullenweg, back at it again on the world's most influential WordPress podcast. Speaking of which, you can go over to Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and you can also hang out with us in Discord. Go over to our website at dpwatercore.com slash Discord, where you can find that information over there. Hello. How you doing, everyone? Not too hey. bad. How are you? Going good. Going good. We have we have a friend on the show. Hey, Steve. Yes. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to call you friend, even though we just met. But, you know, it, it's growing on me. I mean, post formats, Malone and I go back several years. So... <laughs> Right, you know, we worked together for like four years. So, uh, like see, that, why yeah. don't you introduce yourself? All right, yeah, uh, hi, I, <laughs> I'm Steve Grunwell. I'm a staff and software engineer at Mailchimp. But before that, I spent five years at Liquid Web, working on the managed WordPress and WooCommerce hosting platforms. Um, I've been writing software for, oh, geez, a lot of my adult life at this point, and uh, I am way too. I, I have a lot of opinions about automated testing, let's put it that way, um, which is why y'all are having me on the show today. Yeah, um, so I was listening to the uh, Post-Status podcast um, last week, the week before, they had Till Cruz on, and uh, Till was talking about uh, effectively uh, the fact that uh, with his Object Cache Pro plugin specifically, because he built that from the ground up, and he built that with uh, tests and and testing across so much of of his code base, uh, that effectively he only works about five to ten minutes of support every day. He's like a, a lone uh, developer and also does his own support. And uh, it was like, I mean, they, they talked about that a bunch on the post status podcast. And I thought, um, you know, oh, like I could invite Till on. And then I thought, you know, I, I know somebody who has big feelings about tests, who was always pushing like when uh, him and I worked together over at Liquid Web for, uh, I was there for four years. Uh, I mean, every, every bit of code, it was like, hey, you should write some tests for that. Um, and I, I was just like, Steve has, has given WordCamp talks and everything else. So, so I thought, uh, you know, let's, let's get another perspective on this. Let's, uh, let's talk to Steve and, and talk to, to, to him about the importance of, um, you know, test-driven development. That sounds great. And honestly, I'm honored to be uh, considered in the same breath as still. Uh, there's definitely something to be said uh, to what... He brought up around, you know, testing, reducing that maintenance overhead because, yeah, uh, A, he had the luxury of, you know, building his plugin from scratch uh, so that it's not a, oh, we have to deal with writing tests around a nearly 20-year-old application um, mm -hmm. because that does complicate things tremendously. But, yeah, once you have something where you're saying, hey, I have uh, a good sense of how everything works, how it all comes together, when a bug comes up because 
in software, bugs always will happen. Uh, you write a test before you fix it, uh, then you fix it, and then you have something built in uh, running as part of your CI pipeline that if this test ever comes back, uh, or if this bug rather, uh, you're going to catch it because you already have a test for it. So uh, this would be known as regression testing, um, and it has saved my bacon so, so many times. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I, I, you've given talks at WordCamps, like I said, about uh, test-driven development and about how um, people should start using it, uh, especially, um, you know, there. I know that there are tests that are written for WordPress, but so much of that is legacy code that is going on like 20 years old at this point. Has like the ship sailed? for uh, WordPress and, and, and test-driven development is, I mean, that seems like a, an awful big lift, but um, how do you think that that can be like improved in the WordPress world? So capital T test-driven development um, is the idea of we're writing the code or we're writing the tests before we actually write the code. Um, sure. So um, in that sense, yes, it sailed only because the code has already been written. Um, sure. We can't go back in time, write the tests before. Can we retroactively add tests? Can we practice TDD as we write new code? Absolutely. Um, uh, but just if I may give a, a high level overview of what that capital T DD would be, I guess Please. all capitals. Um, so test-driven development, the idea that we're going to uh, write our automated tests to help describe how the thing is going to work. So when I give this function, uh, this input, I expect this output. Or if we're doing something that's more of an integration level test, uh, when I do this, I expect these things to happen. This, you know, it's the, the input and the output and making sure that things are behaving the way we expect. Um, by writing those tests first, it forces us to A, think through how we want things to actually happen but B, it helps encourage our design or influence our design uh, of the, whether it's a, a function or a whole piece of functionality. We're saying, uh, okay, I need to make sure that perhaps I'm using dependency injection for this so that I can actually inject a test double in a test environment, uh, as opposed to just like instantiating an object in here that we have no way of controlling. Um, so knowing that Getting these tests to pass uh, is the, the end goal. Um, we are able to basically lay out the path we're going to take. Then we take the path uh, and we verify that, yes, all of our tests are passing. So we have satisfied uh, the need here. And this, this process is also um, commonly referred to as red-green refactor. You write the tests, they're all going to fail because you're testing stuff that doesn't exist. So that would be red. Uh, you get the tests to pass. So then it's green. Uh, and then you can go back and you can say, okay, well, the way we approached this maybe wasn't super optimal. Uh, how can we improve performance? How can we uh, generally clean this up? Um, we can then refactor the code with confidence that we're not going to break things because all of those tests will continue to pass. And if our refactor suddenly breaks some of the tests, we know that uh, we've, we've broken the functionality or that we wrote bad test to begin with, which when you're first starting off testing, I'll admit, may happen more often than uh, you'd hope. 
Sure. Sure. Yeah. I like that, the idea uh, that you're testing something knowing that it's going to break because of the fact that it doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good indication. Like if you want to bake an apple pie, you must first create the universe. Right. Um, first you need to scaffold the, the test uh, structure. Um, then you need to write the test. Then you get your apple pie at the end. Um, and we could all use more pie in our lives, right? And sometimes you have to build the oven before you even make that pie, right? Absolutely. It, it makes sure all the yeah. dependencies are good. <laughs> Steve, uh, you you and I used to work together, so so you know I love a metaphor. Um, and uh, I, I'm sure that viewers know this as well. Um, well, I, it's not really a metaphor, but... Um, and, and I hate to use them as an example uh, because I don't agree with their business practices, but uh, I have heard that Amazon, before they launch a product or actually before they even start a product, they write the press release for the product before they actually put it out. Wow. Um, so uh, they basically go, here's our target. Here's where we're looking to go. And then they go ahead and build the product. And yeah, they may need to refactor the uh the press release uh at the end of the process because uh you know maybe we didn't hit things completely right uh, but effectively i mean tell me if i'm wrong here that that's kind of what you're doing is is you're you're writing the expected outcome before you actually write the code when when you phrase it like that the expected outcome before we write the actual code yes as far as the press release before i take issue with that because generally sure. we we write tests and then we don't go you know steal a bunch of ip from other <laughs> companies uh sure, I, sure. at least i don't i i can't speak for everybody i mean uh, ingredients but, are ingredients right it doesn't matter how you actually get them i, I mean <laughs> Copyright lawyers might uh, disagree with that, but yeah. Sure. So <laughs> as far as um, as um, testing and development goes, I, I know that you have um, kind of, you have um, really um, been on kind of like like I said, I've I've seen your your WordCamp talks. I've seen your um, stuff, and and we'll make sure to get um, some of that link. That's up on WordPress TV, right? Um, the the uh, ones that you've given in the past. Yes, uh, at least some of them. Sometimes the camps I speak at are small enough that we get like the the B team of cameras, and they're like, ah, the recording just didn't happen. Um, right, but yes, Tucker. Tucker has there. run uh, uh, run recordings at, at WordCamps of all different sizes. He knows exactly how that goes. Yeah, and all of them get up before the end of the uh, the event. Sure. <laughs> no, oh, um, we're lying. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> on my watch, at least. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, I really, um, how? Uh, since we kind of said the ship has sailed on WordPress core and that uh, the ship is probably, I mean, the ship has also sailed on uh, the big focus um, in WordPress right now, Gutenberg as well. Um, you know, they didn't really uh, start building um, Gutenberg with any sort of like TDD practices either. Like, they, you know, they were writing tests and everything else and, and their coverage was probably um, remarkably better 
than uh, how things were before with uh, with WordPress core, where there was no testing at all while it was B2 and then et cetera. Um, but what, what do you think can be done to kind of help uh, improve um, testing as a whole, like in the WordPress community? Do you, do you think that um, like it, it should at this point come from plugin developers who are, you know, starting a, a new plugin, uh, something like that? Or do you think that, um, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm just kind of interested in hearing your opinion. So I think the there's a difference between test-driven development and having automated tests. And while the ship has sailed for test-driven development, um, there's still plenty of opportunity for people to write more tests. Uh, the the core test framework, the the code that WordPress actually runs when we're running through, you know, hey, do does the registering of custom post types work as expected? Do these menus get rendered? All of that can be extended. And that's this is how I prefer to write tests for uh, WordPress plugins, for instance, because I'm actually loading an instance of WordPress um, because there's no better way to see if something's going to work as expected within WordPress than, you know, actually running it in WordPress. Um, a lot, I, I think there's a, a disconnect between the larger testing community where you get some people who are like absolute purists, like, no, a unit test must absolutely never have any connection to the database or anything outside of this. And, uh, you know, it, these strict lines, you have to kind of be willing to blur those lines when it comes to testing within WordPress. WordPress is a tightly coupled application. So you're not going to really have the idea of a true unit test because just by loading up WordPress, it's already dealing with a lot. It requires the database connection. It's it's setting a lot of things in motion um, that are difficult to account for in a pure unit test. So instead, we focus on perhaps individual methods and saying, OK, I know that this is going to happen. Um, maybe I need to introduce a test double. So filters can be really great for that, um, like the pre-HTTP request filter. Uh, I use that all the time uh, when testing WordPress because anytime you're using uh, the WP HTTP uh, API, say that three times fast. Um, you know, so WP remote get, WP remote post, those are all going through WP remote request, which has this pre HTTP request filter. We can short circuit the request, preventing it from actually calling out to like a third party service um, and inject results that we know uh, are, are what we're expecting to see. So if I want to test, you know, how does my plugin behave if the third party service that it relies on uh, is throwing 500 errors or you know, the URL changed and it's a 404? I can write a test that basically says, hey, I'm going to call out to this and it's going to give me a stubbed response, stub being one of the five types of test doubles. Um, that way I'm not actually making HTTP requests. So if you know the server connection is flaky, I don't have to worry about um, you know, like, ah, this isn't behaving, or I write something to try to trigger an error on a third party service, and then they fix that error and suddenly my tests are broken. Um, we want to try to isolate dependencies as much as possible in our tests, uh, as well as, um, adhering to the rule of don't test what you don't own. 
So we're not testing within our plugins. We're not testing WordPress core. We're not testing third-party services. We're testing how we interact with WordPress core and how we interact with third-party services. Um, so the, there's an important concept uh, referred to as system under test or SUT. Um, I don't know if it's pronounced SUT or SUT because uh, I'm painfully online and that tends to be a largely written medium. Um, I say on a video podcast, but I digress. <laughs> uh, and I've, I've gotten way off, off track here, but, uh, as far that as never happens testing, on the show, by the way. Oh yes. I'm sure I'm the, <laughs> the first person to ever get on a soapbox about something <laughs> that they're passionate about. Um, getting back to your question though, of, you know, where should the, the testing really come from? Um, it's like so many things in WordPress, it's going to come from those core contributors and, um, whether that's someone who, you know, has commit access or someone who just is really interested in testing and has bandwidth to take on, you know, hey, here's this feature. Uh, we have code coverage reports and code coverage tells us, you know, when we ran through the tests, here are lines of code that were executed and here are lines that weren't. Um, so if we have stuff that's not getting executed during tests, we can safely assume that code isn't actually being covered by any tests. Uh, so WordPress, does publish uh, code coverage reports and we can generate those ourselves as well. Um, so being able to say, here are areas of WordPress that we don't have test coverage for. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to write tests for this. That raises, it's kind of the uh, rising tide raises all ships uh, idea because if we are more confident in WordPress core and how it behaves, uh, then plugins that rely on WordPress, which would be uh, let me check my, I don't know, I'm checking my watch in this joke, but uh, all of them uh, rely on WordPress. So by making WordPress more solid, we end up making the plugins more solid. At the same time, plugin authors should absolutely be writing tests for their plugins um, because then they're going to be able to ensure that things are working as expected. And you can set up CI pipelines to say, yes, I want to run through all of these automated tests but swap out the underlying version of WordPress. This is one of the nice things about using that uh, WordPress core test framework. Um, because we're able to say, I want to ensure compatibility from say WordPress 5.2 up to current. So we could say, great, run through it on each version of WordPress in there across different versions of PHP. And if I start getting failures on PHP 7.4 and WordPress 5.6, uh, I know, you know, there's, I, I know where I need to look. Um, this goes back to what Till was saying about, you know, by catching those bugs earlier, um, by saying, okay, I know it fails under these conditions, so I can add, you know, special handling there. Uh, suddenly he doesn't have to deal with, you know, hey, I have an issue with this, I'm getting an error. Just like, okay, great, what, what version of the plugin, what version of WordPress, what version of PHP, um, you know, tell me all of the stuff about your environment. He can say, hey, uh, this showed up here in the CI pipeline. Uh, I can address it and then just not have to deal with support requests around it. <sighs> Testing. It's fun. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> it is fun. I, I mean, you, you called out um, specifically 
the the default uh, WordPress testing framework. Are there other frameworks that you uh, that you like? I know that there are people who, uh, and I know uh, you also have uh, done work with uh, Laravel and things like that, uh, and and try to like have been trying to bring um, a little bit of Laravel like into WordPress. Um, and and the way that uh, they're writing their plugins, et cetera. Uh, are there any other frameworks that, that you like or, or think are kind of uh, worth a look? If you're like you've you've done the the WordPress testing framework, you've kind of gotten your head around it. Like a- anything a little more advanced. So the the WordPress core test framework under the hood is using PHP Unit. Uh, PHP Unit is kind of the de facto uh, test runner within the PHP community. Um, and especially for people practicing TDD, uh, unit tests and integration tests tend to kind of be the, the go-tos. Um, we do have, uh, there's kind of another school of thought and, um, that's called behavior-driven development. Um, it functions in a lot of the same ways and I'm going to get a lot of hate for that. Uh, but the, the general idea is instead of saying, okay, when I call this function, I expect, you know, this output, um, given this input, I expect this output. This is more, I'm going to set up a scenario. Um, and within the TDD world, we tend to arrange our tests according to arrange, act, assert. So I'm going to set up the scenario. I'm going to set up, you know, if I need to have some posts in here because I'm testing on a post, I'm going to do all of that. I'm going to arrange all of the dependencies of the test. I'm going to act upon the test. So I'm actually going to call that that function that I'm testing. Um, and then I'm going to make assertions about the result. You know, if I'm expecting to get two, I might say assert same two and the result that I get. Um, BDD, uh, behavior driven development, instead uses given when then as a construct. But those two are very similar because given when then. So given I am an administrator. Uh, on a single site WordPress instance. When I try to create a new user uh, with email address jason at jasoncosper.com, then this should be true. Uh, We should see a new user. So rather than being at kind of that function level, we're talking more from uh, outside looking in. Um, and thinking more how the user is actually interacting with the application. Um, At the end of the day, we're accomplishing the same thing. We're just taking a different route to get there. And the BDD framework uh, of choice is BHAT. Um, And if you've ever tried to scaffold tests through uh, WPCLI, it tries to encourage BHAT uh, for writing tests. So... Behat is definitely a way you can go. There's still some setup necessary because Behat doesn't magically know, like given I am an administrator on a single WordPress instance, um, you end up writing a lot of matchers to say, okay, so when I say I am an administrator, uh, that means you have to create a user with role of administrator. Um, beyond uh, Behat and PHP unit, um, there is a, a tool called Pest. I haven't worked with it myself, um, and I it could be mistaken, but I want to say it might use PHP unit under the hood. 
please don't quote me on that. Uh, but now it's committed to video, so I hope I'm right. Um, but it tries to take some of the principles from Jest, uh, which is a Facebook-maintained uh, JavaScript test runner um, that's kind of the, the current hotness in JavaScript land. Um, uh, and so those are really kind of the, the main areas. Uh, you're also going to find libraries. And this is where, um, you know, Jason, you mentioned, sorry, Cosper, you mentioned, I need to specify my Jasons here, uh, that I've been trying to bring, you know, some better stuff into WordPress testing. Um, a lot of this will be done through traits that we can apply to PHP init test classes. Um, so I have, uh, of course, now I'm spacing on the names of the libraries. I'll make sure to send you the link so we can get them in the show notes. Um, but libraries to basically help with PHP init. Um, to, you know, if you need to do things that are going to work with uh, globals, because typically within tests, we don't want to actually like manipulate global state. Well, unfortunately, WordPress uh, kind of, that, that's its bread and butter, manipulating global state. Um, yep. So I have a library. It's uh, PHP unit test assertions, I think, or PHP unit global state. Um, again, I'll get you the links. But this library is actually a wrapper around RunKit, which is a PHP uh, extension that actually lets you monkey patch the code or redefine like a function at runtime. So you could say, hey, uh, don't do that thing. Uh, let me completely redefine how you work. Or, hey, we have these constants. Well, if I need to test how this behaves when a constant is set a certain way, but that constant is coming from WP config and I can't change it um, because that violates the nature of constants, um, sometimes it's handy to be able to to manipulate uh, this within our tests. Of course, you never want to use RunKit in a production thing. And as I recall, the author of uh, RunKit originally was like, yeah, I got drunk one night and wrote a bad idea. Uh, and it became popular. <laughs> and now everyone so uses it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's how, let's be honest, like 60% of software gets written. Um, starts off, a, oh, yeah, I'll show you. Oh, no, what have I done? Um, <clears throat> But in order to test a tightly coupled application that depends heavily on global state like WordPress, um, we have to get through some of those, you know, clear boundaries that if you were writing things from scratch, you would go, no, I'm not going to fall into those traps. Well, we've already fallen into those traps, partly because we didn't have, you know, test-driven development helping to guide the design of these things. Um, so... Sometimes we have to break the rules a little bit. It's kind of one of the, you know, you have to understand the rules so you know when to break them. Um, messing with global state and tests, absolutely one of those cases. Um, but uh, yeah, additional libraries are definitely out there um, to aid in testing, especially within a WordPress context. Yeah, for sure. How do you think someone should begin who's just a single, you know, person developer shop that's building a plugin? How, how should they begin with, um, with this? One of my COVID projects was to put together a course and I wish I had actually, you know, followed through on that because this would be a great place for a plug. Unfortunately I didn't. Uh, so 
taking a look at uh, examples that are out there as far as testing goes, um, taking a look at the, the slides uh, from my Confidently Testing WordPress talk. Um, again, I'll make sure that I get those to you for the show notes. Um, but getting a sense of how testing is meant to, to work, uh, the idea of a system under test, the idea of making assertions, um, the way that we arrange our tests uh, can really have a, a huge impact on, on the end result. Um, and just generally get used to the idea of thinking through how am I going to test this? Even if you're writing tests for something that's already been written, um, thinking, okay, if I needed to set up a scenario so that I could actually run through this in an automated way, um, what would I need to do? Um, what things need to be in place? What utilities might I need so that I'm not writing, you know, 700 lines of code to set up a test? Ultimately, automated testing is meant to make it much faster uh, to run through these things. We're not sitting there manually clicking through everything over and over. Um, it's supposed to alert us when something breaks uh, that we've already written, um, and it lets us refactor our code. Uh, with confidence because we have those guardrails set up. Um, so I would say start with with the slides. Um, I owe the community some more writing on the topic, clearly. Oh, darn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, definitely continue to listen to good dev-focused podcasts like this one. Oh, there's a reverse plug. I just plugged you on you. Um, <laughs> And uh, reach out, ask ask questions, and um, you know find find happiness and <laughs> find your your zen in testing. We're okay with the moment of zen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Steve, I want I want to say thank you very much for coming and hanging out with us. Um, we Absolutely. really appreciate it, and uh, I'm glad you're able to. Uh, uh, explain to us, you know, I, I don't know a whole lot about testing. So it was really great to kind of hear this, especially in a structured environment of how you go about testing. So thank you for that. And um, links will be in the show notes like we we're talking about. So feel free to go take a look at those and um, hit up Steve on what, what, what where should people hit you up uh, on if we're going to, if, we're, if you want to get flooded anymore. with uh, um, right. I, I'm still technically on Twitter, but I don't use it. Uh, yeah. I, I'm at Steve Grunwell on, I, I used to start my talks with, I'm at Steve Grunwell on the social networks that matter, but that list is getting smaller and smaller. Um, right. See you on Friendster. Yeah. yeah uh, SteveGrunwell.com, the blog that Perfect. doesn't get updated. That's all right. That's all right. There'll be a course on there soon, so it'll, it'll work out just fine. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, good. Thank you very much, Steve. Here is our outro. You listen to the show or you watch the show, you can watch it or listen to it in various ways on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube and Facebook and a few other places. We're also on LinkedIn. Talk to y'all later. Bye-bye.